Welcome into the Hall Lane Podcast. I'm Trey Benson. I'm joined by my good friend Jason Melia and co-producer Jackie B. How you guys doing? Doing great. Doing good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we all got together for the weekend. Got to watch the Super Bowl together. It's a good occasion. See some old friends. Enjoy some beer. Fun times. Fun times. Now we're going to go into this show half-cocked. We'll see how it goes. Oh, I'm fully loaded, Trey. I'm fully loaded today. Okay. (laughs) 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 All right, let's jump into the rewind. So, earlier this week, the NBA All-Star Reserves were announced for the Eastern Conference, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, DeMontis Sabonis, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum. And for the Western Conference Reserves, Rudy Gobert, Brandon Ingram, Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Russell Westbrook. There was a lot of outrage over some of the players that didn't get it. It's just some people I remember Bradley Beal. Devin Booker is particularly upset, too. They kind of want to push for all-star reserves to be expanded. I think it should be from like 12 to probably 15 roster spots and probably just make it the best players across each conference instead of dividing it up by conference. But that's just kind of... I can't, I can't remember, but did they get rid of the center position and just make it another forward? I don't know off the top of my head. Dame repeats player of the week honors. All-star guard averages 45 points, 7 rebounds, and 11 assists as the Trailblazers go 3-0. We'll talk more about him at the end of the show. Miami Heat blowout Philly, led by Jimmy Butler. That's all we have for the NBA Rewind. We're going to drill straight into the topic of the week. The Super Bowl. We're going to quickly recap this game. It was Andy Cheeseburger Reed. Versus Kyle can't hold a lead Shanahan. And <laughs> it was a interesting game. I think it started off pretty slow. I mean, my dad fell asleep, if that tells you how exciting it was for some parts of the game. It was 10-10 at half. Some questionable time management by Shanahan heading into that half. He didn't use any of his timeouts. Highly ridiculed for that decision. They took a the Niners took a 2010 lead heading into the third quarter, and then with about 7:50 left in the fourth quarter is when the Chiefs turned it on and just started making plays, and eventually took the lead with Damian Lillard, uh, not Damian Lillard, Damian Williams touchdown. I wish. <laughs> and then uh, another Damian Williams dagger late, and Jimmy just could not get any drive together to bring the Niners back from being down. Yeah, it just seems like early in the game, uh, when the Niners don't have to lean on any specific asset of their offense, like they don't have to lean too hard on Jimmy to make every throw and make perfect passes, and they don't have to lean on the on the running game that much. Like It seems like the best version of their offense is just them being incredibly balanced, which is basically the the thing all year. The thing everybody said about Jimmy Garoppolo was like, 
if the game's on the line, he can't do it. Just like uh, his contemporaries, like Kirk Cousins, and uh, probably a hundred uh, traveling uh, quarterbacks in the league, like um, whether it be Minshew or um, Case Keenum or any of those other quarterbacks, middle of the road quarterbacks, Dak. You call him Dak middle of the road? Oh, a hundred percent. He's middle of the road. Goff. Yeah. He's in that, he's in that, that territory with Goff, Dak, Kirk Cousins with maybe Kirk Cousins and like Stafford in that range, I guess. Just like really mediocre. You don't want to like lean on him. I guess you can lean on Stafford, but he's like never been at an important game in his life. So we really don't know. So is Jimmy G too handsome for his own good? You think it distracts him every morning? He looks up, gets in the mirror, and he just sees that handsome face. He probably just doesn't even th- think he has to work hard because he just looks so damn good. Yeah, his life's been pretty easy his entire life. So you throw any obstacle his way, he's gonna fall over it like a fucking buffoon. I do gotta take credit for correctly calling my Jesus. my game. I took the Chiefs by seven, <laughs> and they covered. <laughs> with that late touchdown by Tyreek Williams. <laughs> it wasn't looking good like halfway through this game. I was like, ah, shit. Looks it like was looking perfect thing. for me. It was looking good for you. You took them by three? Yeah, so if they would have just held them for one goddamn drive. Yeah, I, I think the Niners just kind of got tired towards the end of that game because the Niners just couldn't get any good drives going. Like it was mostly they just relied on that defense, and I think the defense just got tired. You know, I just don't like the the narrative where Shanahan it was all Shanahan's fault because I don't think the play calling was bad. Jimmy Garoppolo missed like three or four crucial plays, and they got that terrible uh, false start on, uh, around like the nine or ten minute mark. Um, on third down, it was like third and five, or no, it was third and nine, and then they got a false start with momentum, and they were a third and 15, and they couldn't convert, obviously, because Jimmy Garoppolo can't. It is, that came straight off of him hit it, missing a wide-open uh, uh, George Kittle in the middle of the field, and then they got a false start and just ki- completely killed the momentum. Those back-to-back plays. And then this killer defense with Nick Bo- led by Nick Bosa and that crazy line and um, the decent secondary with Sherman at the helm like couldn't stop Pat Holmes from one drive like I don't I don't think it's Shanahan's fault almost at all <laughs> I think uh, everything is encapsulated by what he said in the postgame interview where he was asked about how Jimmy Garoppolo did, and he just like waited for a few seconds and said he did all right. <laughs> I think you just kind of got to look at it uh, by the half because that's where his, he's receiving a lot of criticism is how he managed that uh, last drive before the half. Um, they could have called some timeouts and basically kept like two minutes of clock on the on board, but he chose the conservative route and he's like, Oh, I don't want to give Kansas city too much time. And it kind of shows that he doesn't really trust Jimmy to lead a good drive. And 
I don't know. You can't really play conservative against Kansas City. As they as they've shown in their past like two games, they're they can come back down from any lead. So when you have chances to drive down the field and get a touchdown late or even a field goal there, you gotta take it. And I guess to the San Francisco defense. Yeah, they just played so well for essentially three quarters and then just blew it just completely blew it i don't i don't i think like the defense was the biggest thing they just didn't show up in the fourth quarter at all i I don't even understand it like this is easily going into the third quarter easily pat mahomes like worst game of this maybe the season maybe the game he got injured was like his worst game of the season but like easily top three worst games through three quarters it was definitely his worst game in the playoffs because it was the first time he threw uh two picks those are his first two picks of his playoff career and he was missing throws early he may have had some super bowl nerves but he definitely mm-hmm. turned it on there in that fourth quarter and just showed you why he's the best quarterback in the league yeah if you're like an, like i don't want to say it. if you're a normie and you don't watch football very much and this was the first time you saw pat mahomes after like everybody hyping him up I mean, those two interceptions were just awful. Like, they weren't even close. They were like some Jimmy Garoppolo-type throws, <laughs> those two interceptions. He threw it, like, directly in the chest of a linebacker. I forget who – I think it was Solomon Thomas who caught that ball, caught that interception, his second interception. But it was just awful. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, he was, like, throwing it in the dirt and overthrowing some people. Like you said, Super Bowl nerves. Um but, like, going into the fourth quarter, worst game he's had easily. <laughs> and it just looked like the boa constrictor that is, like, the San Francisco offense where they just run out, run everything out, and just that suffocating, incredibly fast defense. Just all of it fell to the wayside. It's like the comeback kid just tranced all over you guys. Yeah. The defense, I don't think, deserves a whole lot of criticism. They held the oh, Chiefs. Come on. Like, they held the Chiefs to uh, ten points for forty-five minutes, which is very respectable. And that you could argue is just kind of some broken plays down the end with their last like three touchdowns that they scored. Broken plays? Ugh, I don't. What broken plays were there? I feel like they got Mahomes. So let's let's see what what was the score? It was twenty. Was it? Yeah, it was twenty ten. With seven yeah, twenty ten was the biggest deficit. Seven thirteen left to go in the fourth quarter. So the Niners' defense to that point had held the Chiefs, the number one. They're not ranked the number one offense, but in many eyes, they are the number one offense in the NFL, just with Mahomes and how many weapons they have. To that point, they held them to 10 points. And then it was, they got onto a third and 15, and they brought all the pressure, and Mahomes just didn't get sacked by, like, probably mere inches. He probably, he just got the, the bomb off to Tyreek Hill. And that was like basically what broke the game wide open and it kind of broke the Niners' spirit a bit because Chiefs on the very next play just went down, scored near the goal line. And then the Niners come out and they know they had to start moving the ball, at least to start grinding out some clock or do something. And 
I don't remember exact course of plays, but they definitely just gave up the ball really quick back to the Chiefs, and then the Chiefs freaking drove down the field really fast again and scored. And now yeah. they're up like 24-20. And Jimmy G still got another chance to come out and like lead them down the field and just couldn't get it done. Yeah, I just don't know how much of it of this loss is on. I mean, like, I really do think we're like we're talking about the 49ers blowing it a bunch, but I think Pat Mahomes was just incredible. Like that 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 second touchdown you're talking about to put them up by four, it was literally seven plays, and they didn't even they didn't even look at it. They the last play for the touchdown was a five yard pass to Damian Williams. That was the first third down on that on that drive. So basically two second downs just converted like five yards, five yards, uh, seven yards, six yards, and then the touchdown. So like, it's pretty crazy. That was really good play calling by um, Andy Reid. They were just clicking at that point. I just don't, I don't understand how this, this defense is like so highly touted and they were doing so well, like they're showing you exactly why they were doing, they were so good throughout the season and the playoffs. And then like, I don't know. Yeah, I pulled up this stat. In the course of 12 offensive plays, they went from trailing 2010 with a win expectancy of 3.9% to leading 24-20 with a win expectancy of (laughs) (laughs) 77.7%. Yeah, so if you're a 49ers fan, and I don't really, I mean, as a Seahawks fan, like, kind of get it but like the game was kind of in our hands just watching your your entire team like one play unraveled the the Seahawks and I I mean it was just like a quick band-aid and then everybody talked about it for forever but it wasn't just like an absolute dismantling of the best part of your team in front of you and then just looking at your quarterback knowing knowing he's not going to complete that pass to like an Emmanuel Sanders that would have won them the game or that was close. That pass. That was it very was very close. close. I got a little nervous there. <laughs> that was actually yeah, really complete. Because that play, I thought like Emmanuel Sanders gave up on it. But now that I look at it, maybe he didn't. But I, I don't know. But like if he just put like a little more air under that or I don't, I don't really know. Like that was, that was the game right there. We went down to one play and then like, if you there was a few other plays during the game where he would miss a, like a wide open kittle, and it just like you could clearly see he was frustrated at the play. <laughs> I think there was one play uh, in the third quarter where he missed kittle, and he threw it to the double covered Bourne, um, and he just threw up his hands like there's no safety helping him out. He beat his guy. It was like two crossing routes in the middle of the in the middle of the field. Just miss Kittle and just just threw up his hands and like begrudgingly jogged back to the huddle. So I found this other step. They became the Chiefs became the first team in Super Bowl history to score twenty one points on offense in the fourth quarter, and they only needed a half of the quarter to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, explosive is uh, putting it very lightly. Another fun stat that I, or not stat, but a little fun fact. Um, before the game, Adam Schefter reported that the Chiefs secondary coach, Dave Merritt, who won two Super Bowl rings with the Giants, 
showed his players his two, quote, babies and told them that he is now pregnant and expecting his third with rubies and diamonds. And the Chiefs uh, defensive backs liked it so much that they were also saying that they were expecting their own babies in reference to their own Super Bowl rings. What Get the hell? What is babies. that guy just talking about? <laughs> what is that guy talking about? You sick in the head. These fucking football meatheads, dude. <laughs> is that inspiring? Does that inspire you to get a Super Bowl rant? Yeah, I don't know. It... Does that rally the troops? Does that rank up with the uh, with the Al Ch- Al Al Chipino? Al Pacino speech in uh, any given uh, Al Chapino. Al Chapino, yeah, you know Al, Al Jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> Al uh, Pistachio. Uh, Al Pacino. His, speech, his fucking speech in a uh, in a uh, any given fr- Sunday, Friday. Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday, right? Yeah, Jimmy was okay. I mean, he de- definitely didn't come through when the Niners needed him most to. I think he had a couple couple games this year where he was able to lead that fourth fourth uh, quarter drive when they needed him to, but just couldn't do it in the biggest game. He yeah. had that first really bad pick, like <laughs> when he was taking a sack and he just chucked it for dear life. It couldn't get it out of bounds. It was just picked off easily. I think that was just like a really egregious pick. But yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, I think we're we're talking probably a different story if if Jimmy completes that pass to Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, they probably go up a touchdown there, and maybe their defense gets inspired and they hold on for the win. And then Jimmy has a pretty respectable line and probably wins Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, it almost seems like Jimmy Garoppolo has a hard cap on how many good throws he can have a game. Because he did have, like, he threaded the needle in the middle of the field, like, a few times. He has, like, seven really good throws in him a game. And he just blew it all in the first three quarters. (laughs) And then then the basketball, I mean, not the basketball, the football guys just said, nah. We ain't, we, we ain't here for you, Chief. You've you, you've met your quota for good throws this game. And then Pat Mahomes decided to uh, turn on the afterburners. Well, Debo Samuel looked pretty good out there. I like the way they use him. Like he definitely mm-hmm. looks like a like a star in the making for the Niners. Yeah, didn't he have like the most rushing yards for that team for like a quarter or a half? Yeah, he probably did. Yeah, he, he finished the game with. Three for 53 yards. Mostert ended up with the most yards for 12 for 58. Yeah. They really did the everybody is going to touch the ball strat for this game, not just Raheem Mostert. I guess no one really got the hot hand, but there also wasn't very many plays for the the running back because they threw it a decent amount because I think they threw it a decent amount, especially during the last game, but yeah, let's try to look at the other players in this game. I think besides Mahomes, I thought, like, I legitimately thought Damian Williams had the best shot to win Super Bowl MVP. Like, he made, like, the two biggest plays. He had the goal line touchdown catch. 
uh, which was like almost questionable whether he got in or not. And then he had the dagger late on like a 48 yard or 36 yard scamper to the end zone. Yeah. He, he ended the game with 17 for 107, and he had four catches for 29 yards and another touchdown. So it was actually a really good game by him. I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him Super Bowl MVP at all. Yeah, he definitely deserved it. And it's kind of a really cool story with him being undrafted and uh like Raheem Mostert who also had a like a really good game in the division in the cha- NFC Championship. Um I think this I mean going back to more Northwest sports. Um this kind of reminded me of uh the NFC Championship against the Green Bay Packers for Russell Wilson throwing like four picks and having one of the worst games of his career and then leading like the craziest comeback of all time into OT. It, it like he just saved everything he had uh, essentially and just didn't think about how poorly he was doing until the the last quarter where he staged an incredible comeback. Um I also thought I mean Nick Bosa this entire like through three quarters as much as I like to crap on the 49ers had like double digit QB pressures. So he was in the backfield pressuring the quarterback, like in double digits, this game, double digit times. And he was just a menace out there. All right. So we pretty much covered the Super Bowl. It was a little half-heartedly. I think we both were getting a little sleepy from the beer we were having. So let's kind of jump into the storylines heading into the NFL next season. Yeah, I think this was like a really big transitional year for the NFL. Uh, all the the hall of, the future Hall of Famer quarterbacks are really showing their age. Whether it's Big Ben getting hurt at the uh, in preseason and not being able to play, or it was the first game I believe he got hurt and was out for the season. Um, he's a future Hall of Famer. Uh, Drew Brees kind of showed his age towards the end of this uh, end of the season. He started off pretty hot, got hurt, came back, looked all right. And then during the playoffs and getting close to the playoffs, they just, they just couldn't use him very much. Um, and then Tom Brady, obviously a lackluster season, no one in their right mind. Like the stats are very clear about how he's regressed and then everybody's going to start blaming other things, but his age really did show this year. He was really not very mobile. He's never been very mobile, but he's been decently mobile in the pocket. And he just was not very good. He's kind of getting that noodle arm like uh, Drew Brees, where he can't really connect on those long passes anymore. Uh, Philip Rivers looks like he's going to be uh, start traveling around the, the, the country, going to different teams, whoever needs him. Um, there's rumors about Matt Stafford, like uh, getting traded or – um, them moving on from him because he has a big contract and the Detroit Lions want to like rebuild or something like that. Aaron Rodgers had a statistically not very impressive season, even though at times he showed us why he's like the best quarterback in the league. So it just seems like Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson are just the future of the NFL, essentially. I don't even know if there, there's another team in the NFC that's like has like a prominent quarterback that's like Kyler Murley. 
Murray? I guess, yeah. He has a long ways to go, but he definitely has shown, like, <laughs> uh, that that weird weird team that he can – he has what it takes to be a great quarterback, just not the pieces at the moment. But um, he, ha- he he's probably in the next in line for that Lamar Jackson slash uh, Pat Mahomes breakout year where they just captivate everybody with their talent. I think they're looking pretty good down the stretch, which isn't a good sign for the Seahawks because every team is pretty good in the NFC West now. You had the former Super Bowl contenders in the Rams and now the the now former Super Bowl contenders too in the Niners. So they're both going to be coming into this season like really pissed off and wanting to win. (laughs) And then you have like the upstart Cardinals who – kind of got it going late and they have a really explosive offense and kind of figured things out at the running back position with Kenyon Drake. So it's going to be Chandler Jones, just absolutely a monster out there. The D lines on every, on every NFC West team is just insane. Yeah. Except the Seahawks. (laughs) I guess, but we have Bobby Wagner. who's the best linebacker in the league. So, I mean, he doesn't blitz very much, but (laughs) Yeah, I pulled up the the NFL. They made a 2020 NFL power rankings. So just kind of already. Yeah, it's just a way too early power <laughs> ranking thing. So obviously they got the Chiefs up there, and they deservedly so. They have like the number one offense and a decent defense that was able to make good stops down the stretch. And then number two, the Niners with a really dominant defense. He's got question marks at Jimmy G pretty much, but I think they're going to be really good next year too. Yeah. They're supposed to be good. I think the big question, everything that everyone's like super excited to know is like Lamar Jackson. We didn't get it this year and everyone was excited for it. Lamar Jackson versus Pat Mahomes in the AFC. Essentially. I think uh, the Steelers, if they get big Ben back to his normal, whatever, it's he not going to happen. Too many cheeseburgers. <laughs> that's going to be a scary team if if the Pittsburgh Steelers get like a competent quarterback because I think Tomlin's like really good. I, I so. think uh, I think the Steelers should sign Jameis Winston. <laughs> Honestly, not even like a he's, terrible he's, pick. He's like young Big Ben, except he throws like thirty more picks, but <laughs> he can do everything Big Ben could do when he was younger. Yeah. But like the AFC just seems like they have the the top teams in the in the league, and then the NFC is just a shit show. There's no clear great shit show. Team. Yeah, there's no the Niners. The Niners are, are really, really good. Though? Yes, they proved that I mean, by getting to the Super Bowl. And okay. the Saints, well, I, mean, I think, sure. are really good. They just flubbed again against the Vikings, but I actually think they're a really solid team. I'm interested to see what they do with Drew Brees in the offseason. But City got number three of the power rankings is the Baltimore Ravens. And obviously they have the MVP, Lamar Jackson. And like you said, they're probably going to be squaring off against the Chiefs. That's what I want to see in the playoffs. We haven't seen it yet, but I think that's going to happen at least like a few times in the next decade. It's going to be a really fun like time that they go head to head. And we just see like this pretty unconventional offense in the Ravens that rushes the ball with their quarterback and does some crazy things on offense against like 
just this pure spread scheme and led by the best quarterback in football. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Action Jackson versus the comeback kid. Um, I think uh, that Pat Mahomes is just that that Chiefs team. If they can keep decent pieces and they can stay healthy, like I I don't see there's such a big gap between them and the next best team. I think because I think of 49ers. I mean we we obsessed over oh Sean uh, Sean McVay of the Rams is the next Bill Belichick and blah 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 blah. They got Aaron what? Donald. He Aaron was Donald never the, compared to Bill Belichick. Oh, you what? you didn't hear he the was headlines? Never, where, he was no. Were you, he was, did you not hear that? Like he's no. like the youngest, youngest no. court, youngest, youngest head coach to be in a Super Bowl. Everyone was obsessing over him. They never Everybody. compared him to Bill Belichick. He, Bill Belichick is a defensive specialist. McVay was known as for his offense, like he, he was supposed like to be an offensive Mahomes. genius, and then he got freaking shut down by the Patriots. Yeah, sure, but he's like he's like two years older than us. And he like, got beat down so bad that the Rams sucked this year. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he like he doesn't have a good quarterback, just like uh, Kyle Shanahan. Like King Goffrey. I, I don't know. It's it's uh, what was my point? Fuck, you got me off track. Um, well, sitting at number four is the New Orleans Saints, which I think sense. they deserve, but. We'll see if they can get it done in the playoffs. I think everybody's been like picking them as favorites heading into the playoffs, and they just never make it past like the first or second round. <laughs> yeah, they just need to start Taysom Hill, right? Nah. <laughs> that guy's not Teddy good. They should trade him if they can get something good for him. Green Bay Packers come in at number five, which I think is kind of surprising. Uh, yeah, I put a few teams. I, I honestly, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess the Vikings don't have that much um, stock in them getting better. At number six, getting some love, the Seattle Seahawks, which I think is pretty pretty high placement for them, considering how they went into this season. Well, I mean, we had the the runner up. Well, was was Russell Wilson the runner up for the MVP this year? Yeah, uh, actually, well, he didn't get a vote. He was an MVP candidate, but Lamar Jackson was unanimous MVP. Mm. But yeah, we got Russell Wilson. We got Russell Wilson. <laughs> hey, we uh, got a we got a crack. A crack running team, all right. We got if they just stay healthy, and I genuinely believe this. We like if our team just stayed healthy, I think we could have made it to the. We have have a decent chance of making it to to the the NFC Championship. Yeah, if it helps when we don't lose our like three starting running backs, it would help. <laughs> and our best lose. offensive lineman. So we don't have to rely on one yard to carry Lynch and one yard to carry. Uh... Who was the other guy? Travis Homer. 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 But yeah, I, I guess I kind of agree with the high ranking for them. I mean, we do have Russell Wilson. He's probably he he's up there. He's like one B with Mahomes. As far as clutchness goes, like Pat Mahomes obviously got the arm. I'm not saying Russell Wilson doesn't, but he probably. Uh, it's hard, like it's really hard to tell who's 
who's better. I don't think there's anyone I trust more in a really clutch situation more than Russell Wilson. I'll he say made that. Some but insane plays this year. He really did carry his entire team because his team was not very good. Didn't have a defense that could just shut a team down. So Russell just yeah. always had to score, which uh-huh. was fun to watch. It really was. This was like an incredibly fun season to watch, truly. Because I, I went into this this season with almost zero expectations. The clowny trade at the beginning of the year kind of uh, got me a little more interested. It was like, oh, we're not going to be terrible on off on defense. And then, like, we're still pretty, like, mediocre to bad on defense. And then Russell Wilson carrying the team. And every essentially every week, it was, like, a pretty interesting game for the Seahawks. It's really fun to watch. Yeah, we'll see if that O-line can stay healthy. We do have Lockett and DK Metcalf coming in. And I think, yeah, Metcalf, I'm excited to see him next year. Just another year of development. Sitting in at number seven, the Patriots. (laughs) In Bill, we trust, it says. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this entire thing is just centers around is Tom Brady coming back. I don't see Tom Brady going anywhere. There's no, like, destination spot for Tom Brady, in my opinion. Maybe, like, Chicago, because they got a good O-line and a good defense. And, like, I don't know. That's that's it. I don't really see him going anywhere that's like, oh, I have to be there. Or, he's going to the Patriots. Yeah, he's probably going back to the Patriots. Uh, sitting at number eight, got the Titans, which is... Pretty, I mean, they were pretty solid, so yeah, I guess I can see them getting to the playoffs next year again with Derrick Henry. They they have to pay both Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry this season, so we'll see how that works out. Yeah, they're probably the team that's from the end of last season to the to the end of this season. It's probably made the biggest jump. <laughs> yeah, they definitely surprised some folks and upset the freaking Ravens, deprived us of the Ravens-Chiefs matchup that we also desired. Yeah. Number nine, the Vikings. The always feisty Vikings. They just have a good defense. It's the kind of middle-of-the-road team with Kirk Cousins manning the helm. They do have a great Mm -hmm. running back in Dalvin Cook, but he manages to get hurt when you need him most in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I can't wait for next year's yearly Saints-Vikings matchup. Yeah, I know. Everybody picks the Saints, and the Vikings keep on beating them. (laughs) And we'll just finish out with number 10, the Houston Texans, which, I don't know, they definitely don't have the best team. They just have Deshaun Watson. It's kind of like the Seahawks, but a worse situation, in my opinion. Just They have Hopkins and Will Fuller and Watson. And a decrepit J.J. Watt. They traded away Clowney. And, yeah, I just, I don't know. They have a lot of holes on this team, so I don't know if I agree with that spot. Yeah, they're kind of like a very volatile team. Like, this year they beat the Patriots, and they they can show that they're really good at times. I think the difference between them and the Seahawks is the coaching staff, and that's kind of it. It's just they're not very good. And they can be very, very, very good sometimes. And uh, Watson, every like he's a 
if he gets the right coaches and like they actually put decent personnel around him on defense or up offense and they don't have these huge gaping holes in their game like their offensive line and their uh parts of their defense like that's Watson's like an MVP candidate I mean it was already MVP candidate this year but like if he can just really stretch his legs and like actually have some decent people around him like we're arguing whether he him or Mahomes or Action Jackson are the best quarterbacks in in the in the AFC. Yeah. All right, let's jump into let him eat. He's heating up. He's got smoke coming off his fingertips. Are you kidding me? He's as hot as a blowtorch. It's a heat check. You knew that was coming. It's heat check time. So who's gonna get the steak this week? We got. Patrick Mahomes, he obviously won Super Bowl MVP. He came up when his team needed him most, had some very clutch plays, two touchdowns, 200-plus passing yards, and a rushing TD in the first quarter. So once again, comes through the clutch, comeback kid, leads his team from behind, and yep, Chiefs are Super Bowl champions as a result of his play. So... Follow up to that, we got Damian Williams and Raheem Mostert. I think this is more of a shout out to Raheem Mostert's previous performance. Uh, these guys, Williams and Mostert, were both undrafted free agents and they had a crazy postseason run. Uh, Damian Williams had 150 uh, total yards in the Super Bowl and was a runner up for Super Bowl MVP. And we got Andy Cheeseburger Reed. He's definitely going to go get that double cheeseburger after this one. Uh, he's the, he was, coming into this game, the most accomplished coach without getting a ring. And now he can get that monkey off his back. And he cements his place into Canton. I think he was Hall of Fame bound regardless, but this definitely just makes it a lock. So who do you want to give this let him eat performance to? Honestly, I'm just going to give it to Andy Reid. Because Patrick Mahomes had two interceptions, and they were terrible. I think he's the only other runner-up. I put Damian Williams and Mostert in there because I think it was a really cool story that they were undrafted free agents and they had a crazy postseason and probably jacked up their their trade value an incredible amount. And it was just really fun to watch them do really well. It's a cool story. But Andy Reid, I don't – there is nobody. There's always quote-unquote haters on the internet. I don't think Andy Reid is in rare company, like next to Keanu Reeves or Gandhi as some of the most what? least hated, least hated people in the in the world. They no one dislikes them. I don't. You can't find a person. Keanu Reeves like, and you Gandhi. Know, <laughs> you cannot find a person that don't doesn't like Andy Reid in some capacity. You can't be mad at the dude. He's just like. A very wholesome person, and I very mean, yeah, awesome. he <laughs> he just he's gonna go to Canton regardless if he he won this Super Bowl or not. He had that monkey on his back where he couldn't game manage the his postseason games in, or in his career. But I mean, he won a Super Bowl, so and he it was a really good play. There was really good play calling throughout the entire game for the Chiefs, and. Yeah, he's got the best quarterback in the league, so he gets to celebrate that double cheeseburger. Yeah. I'll give it to Mahomes. 
he was <laughs> the best player in the game. And once again, he made the the plays when his team needed it the most. Um, and I just think it's an interesting start to his career being a second year as a starter to go win the Super Bowl after coming so close last year, coming to D Ford lining up offsides when they probably could have beat the Rams last year in the Super Bowl. So it's just a start of a crazy career. I think there's probably a lot of crazy predictions about how his career is going to turn out because it the talent is just undeniable. And the only thing that can hold him back is injuries, obviously, but I don't think he's really going to ever have problems with that. Yeah, looking looking into the future, like I don't see – there's no more sure of a shot than for someone to go to the Hall of Fame than Pat Mahomes. Like, even with, like, if you have, like, I mean, freak injuries aside, like, he's got a good GM. He's got a good coach. He's got good players around him. And, uh, like, just the foundation is there. Like, there's there's nothing standing in his way where it's like, oh, if this happens, then that, 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 that. Where it's like Russell Wilson, not necessarily the best, uh, foundation like his O line's been bad for four years now, and uh, he's trying to push through it. Watson, he kind of uh, he has a terrible foundation around him. Um, Action Jackson, I mean, he has everything in front of him, but I mean, we've seen this before with like people like Cam Newton and stuff like that. So, I mean, the league is also trending in a pass heavy like direction so it's it seems like there's almost no obstacles for him the only thing that can cripple this chief's team is how much is money is mahomes gonna ask for because he's obviously (laughs) gonna push to be well his agent's gonna push him to be the top paid quarterback in the league i think russell wilson's making like 32 million a year so he's probably gonna come in at some ridiculous number and when the quarterback takes up so much of that cap space, it limits your options to who you can sign on defense and offense. So that's the only thing I can see that affects the Chiefs team. But it's obviously you got to sign them. You got to pay the man. So we'll see how that shakes out and who they hang on to and who they have to let go because of the massive contract he's about to get. Let's jump into the weekly showdown. So a few weeks ago, we did Super Bowl commercials or Super Bowl halftime show. We're we're going to revisit that topic, and we have a recent example to look back to. So I started last time, so I think Jason should start with why the Super Bowl halftime show is the best. I feel like the Super Bowl is an event. And for all the people that don't give a shit about fo- football, the event is the halftime show. And this year, I feel like if you're on Twitter and you're live tweeting the halftime show, no one's live tweeting commercials about the ne- uh, the Tesla truck or another insurance commercial. People there are were live no tweeting insurance commercials. and having no flow appearances, having so much fun talking about jiggling asses and dancing and all the normie shit that comes with the Super Bowl halftime show, whether it's 
Katy Perry, Prince. Everybody's comparing every Super Bowl at the same, every Super Bowl halftime to the other Super Bowl halftimes. Uh, the Janet Jackson nip slip that's probably was bigger than the Super Bowl itself. Like it, it has the potential to be even more popular than the Super Bowl if it's boring. So that's my case for the Super Bowl halftime show. All right. Well, I rescind my time, Honor. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think the Super Bowl commercial is pretty good this year. We didn't get any flow appearances, at least the ones I watched. I didn't see one insurance commercial, which is pretty surprising. Jason unless... State Farm. Oh. oh. That was yeah. like the one where I was like, oh, they're just rehashing. But. Other than that, there are some pretty funny ones. The way they started off the Super Bowl with, with a commercial that transitioned into the actual game was actually a really good one. It kind of flashed back and showed all the great NFL players, and then it had a pretty funny moment where people are just getting tackled and blown up by like Ray Lewis running into people. I thought that was pretty great. It had uh, a lot of intrigue. Like Tom Brady sent out a tweet of, him black and white in a stadium, and it ended up just being a Hulu ad, which is kind of funny. <laughs> and then uh, I think one of the best ones, if you're a fan of horror movies, was uh, the Shining reference one with uh, Mountain Dew or Sprite or something. I don't know. but it, <laughs> Diet it was Mountain like, Dew. Here's Diet Mountain Dew. It was pretty great. I think that was probably my favorite one of the Super Bowl slate. That came out. And then I think what made everybody laugh at the place we were going to, the Jason Momoa spot. He came in and he was relaxing at his home and just took off his whole body. I think that was pretty great. So I think it was a strong performance by the Super Bowl commercials this year. I definitely got a few chuckles. And when the halftime show came on, it was decent, but I definitely got more enjoyment out of the Super Bowl commercials. That's my case. Well, what, should we uh, throw this one to Jackie B and ask her who won or what she think? Yeah, what do you think, Jackie? Pick wisely. <laughs> um, so this is a tough one for me because being a woman of Latin roots, I really appreciated what the Super Bowl uh, halftime show brought. But I also really appreciate the variety that you get from the all the Super Bowl commercials. I mean, obviously, you're going to have some political ads, but you're also having some really heartfelt ads. If you think about um, the past, you know, there's obviously the Budweiser horses and the puppies. And then there's the um, that logging company that had the wall. And then there's some really super funny ones like the Jason Momoa one and um the jeep commercial and so it's it's pretty it's pretty pretty difficult for me to choose um no it's not no it's not <laughs> you honestly gotta make a choice. <laughs> i i'm gonna have to go with the super bowl halftime solely for the fact that oh i grew up on shakira and bang the gavel it's over <laughs> Shakira, like, waved her tongue around. It was the strangest thing I think anybody has seen. So that was in reference to her Arabic roots 
Shakira is part Colombian as well as part Lebanese. And so when she did the belly dancing as well as um, the Zalgat, which is when she um, did the tongue thing that is in reference to her Arabic roots, as well as the dance that she did for um, the This Is Africa, that was actually to a reference to her actually Colombian roots, the the dancing and the footsteps that she did was actually originated from her hometown in Colombia. So she brought both her and JLo brought a lot of their culture and their um, what they were born and raised within to the Super Bowl halftime show. And I thought that was really cool. Anyway, what I was going to say was that uh, I didn't know that little girl singing was JLo's uh, kid. Yeah, no that idea. was JLo's. So that is one of JLo's twins, M, with her husband or with her ex-husband, Mark Anthony. So she is actually um, having a, a budding singing career. She actually got sampled onto some of JLo's songs. Hmm. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? I thought that was just really cool. I had no idea. I, one of my coworkers told me that. I was like, what, really? I thought it was just one of those segments where they have kids doing something because it, I don't know, like the hat, like the beginning of the Super Bowl where they brought the kids in to advertise the NFL and stuff like that. What would you give this Super Bowl in terms of grade just for the game? And maybe you can throw in like the halftime and the commercials overall. I think... I think the grade I'd give for the for the football game itself probably probably like a B plus. Like I was kind of bored for like the first three quarters just because the Niners are playing at that really slow pace, but it definitely had a great finish. Yeah, I think uh, I'd probably give it just slightly worse than a B plus, just a B, just slightly. So I essentially agree. I. I don't know. Uh, this playoffs, I think the wild card. I mean, obviously the Seahawks were in the wild card, but the wild card week was like I thought the most entertaining, with uh, uh, the Titans running over the Patriots, and with the 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> beating the Patriots in a crazy fashion, and then the Patriots losing to the Titans in back to back weeks. It was pretty crazy for football fans across the nation because it seems like the Patriots era is over, but I mean, it might be short lived, but um, I think the playoffs were pretty after that was kind of meh. And then this playoff game, it was the closest like Vegas wise in a, in a while. And it seemed like a pretty close game. It just was just kind of boring. It seemed like for three quarters, essentially was not a very interesting game, but ended off on a really high note. And there was a lot of blaming. Who was doing it? Did San Francisco lose this? Or did uh, the Chiefs pull this one straight out of their asses? Uh, it, it sparked a lot of co- uh, conversation. But, yeah, it's a solid game. It's not the best game. All right. Well, you don't got too many more crazy hot takes on the Super Bowl. So let's jump into last call. And let's just talk about Damian Lillard. He's been having a insane month, to put it lightly. 
I think he's probably oh, going to win player of the month for sure for January. He's already won a uh, Western conference player of the week, two times in a row. Uh, he's ever since that game, he dropped 61 points. It's just been a hot streak from there on. He dropped his first triple double. Um, and then he's putting up like 40 plus points, 50 plus points is it's been insane. I've, I've made an effort to just tune into a lot of Portland games this year. Um, well, just from when football ended, I've just been trying to watch Blazer highlights and Damian Lillard highlights in particular. He's pulling up from the logo consistently, and he's hitting them. Like, mm-hmm. it, he's like striking fear into every team that he plays. I mean, they only had to game plan for him and CJ, and it just doesn't matter at this point. He's so, like, freaking hot that it, he can't be guarded. Yeah, there's just a lot of high pick and rolls, him coming off those pick and rolls and shooting it from 30 feet out and draining it regularly. It's I, I don't know how you guard it. <laughs> I really don't know how you guard it. At, at first, uh, the 60-point game was obviously crazy. The Golden State Warriors aren't very good, but it was still crazy. We've beaten like really good teams, too, off the back of Damian Lillard, who's carried us to a few wins, a few really good wins. We beat Houston. L.A., Utah, those are all playoff, high play, high seed playoff teams. Um, uh, I thought uh, earlier in the month it was just him scoring a lot of points with the absence of C.J. Now C.J.'s come back, and they're still running the same plays, the high pick and rolls. C.J.'s making his own points, but they're basically just tossing the rock to Damian Lillard and him hitting those logo shots. Well, he's not just scoring too. He's like been averaging like almost six plus rebounds and nine plus assists. Like he's had a couple double doubles on this this run that he's having. Like he's passing the ball as well, and it's really the craziest stretch we've seen from him, and maybe the craziest stretch we've seen from a Blazer player in history. I I think his numbers are pretty historic. He's already broken uh, the three point record for most. Uh, like six threes in a row for a game that was previously held by Steph Curry. I think Lillard currently has that record right now on this streak he's on. It's just, I, I don't know if I've ever seen like a player have this type of run before. I think uh, harken back to Kobe had this stretch where he was averaging like 40 plus points uh, for a few weeks. And this definitely kind of compares to that to say the least. Yeah, so his last four games against really good teams, Indiana, Houston, L.A., LA and Utah, he's averaging 11.5 assists. Um, this is, uh, if, you, if you watch the game, they're double-teaming him whenever, they, whenever he gets hot, essentially. Whenever he hits, like, a back-to-back three or he drives the lane for an and-one, they're double-teaming him, and that just opens up the floor for all the other players to make shots. And Hassan Whiteside, with those pick and rolls just making easy layup and buckets because the gravity of Damian Lillard it honestly looks like uh the same stuff like Steph Curry was doing in his MVP his two MVP runs where like just him moving around the court you 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 have two players following him essentially and just opens it up for everything because I don't think uh the rest of the team has gotten significantly better at scoring it's just Damian Lillard so hot, opening up the floor for everybody, and then them getting 
easy, easy buckets. It's good to see CJ back. Tune into that last game. Uh, Nazir Little was actually getting a bit of run, and he was coming weak side and catching lobs for Damian Lillard. He's actually looked uh, pretty exciting uh, these last few games. I just watched the Jazz highlights, and he was on the other end of like a couple Dame assists. And uh, we got him with, I think, the 26th pick, and he was a really highly touted prospect coming out of high school. So it's really great to see him starting to get some more run especially in the place of Mario Hazonia, who's just garbage. And I I don't even know why the Blazers signed him, honestly. And we kind of marked off that move for Trevor Uza as a cap space move. But since then, he's been starting at the small forward position. And he's actually provided some good minutes for us. It seems like he fills out that small forward uh, wing position well as a defender, uh, just 3 and D guy in general. And I, I don't know, this happens almost every year at the Blazers. It seems like um, uh, at the turn of the calendar, uh, heading into the second half of the season, they just get hot and they make a run. Um, I think we were sitting some pretty somewhere similar in the standings last year, um, like probably the ninth or eighth seed, and we just made a crazy run. And that's really been brought on by just Lillard's incredible play as of late. And I don't know. I probably wrote them off for dead too early last week <laughs> or last <laughs> a few weeks ago. And then Lillard just freaking came out. Cause I, I think the last time we recorded, he dropped like 61 and that night he dropped like, I think 50 points. And then, yeah, since then it's just, we're beating good teams too. Like you said, it, it started off with the warriors and I was like, Oh yeah, it's just the warriors. And we went to overtime. And now it's like, yeah, we're beating Dallas, beating the Lakers, which I think the Lakers are probably still like um, emotionally impacted by Kobe Bryant. But yeah. uh, it was still a solid win. Um, and then they beat the Jazz, who are, I think, the third or fourth seed in the West. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's just like back to your Ariza point. I just think Baysmore, when we get on switches and stuff, he can't. He can't guard fours, like or like some threes too, like some three got like three full like small forwards and stuff like that. So Ariza can, he, he Ariza can even guard centers if he wants to and take some pressure off of uh of Hassan Whiteside, who if you see him play defense, he kind of needs like a running start to like get a lot of those blocks. I mean, he's already incredibly tall, but when when he makes those crazy blocks, it's usually him coming from the weak side and just swatting the point guards ball away or something like that so it's really cool to see Ariza getting switched on a bunch of people he's just basically there to play play defense and if he scores some buckets that's cool but um it's not super needed I mean that's basically what we asked from Aminu and uh Harkless last season and they barely scored Aminu would have a good game every three three games so um there's a lot of playmakers on our on our team. Mello's still probably reeling from the Kobe news and stuff like that. So whenever we don't have a game plan, we just pass it to him and the low post or uh, high post, I guess, in the, on the weak side, and then he just goes ISO. Yeah. So a little bit more NBA. Did you get a chance to watch uh, John Morant versus Zion? Uh, they played like a few games ago. I didn't watch that specific game, but I have been watching a lot of John Morant. 
I think he's one of the more edgy. Him and Luca this season have been, I mean, Zion's probably going to enter that conversation very, very soon. But those are the two of my favorite players to watch right now. I think John Morant is like almost must-see TV with, with what he's doing. Yeah, Zion's just been having... He hasn't had his crazy, like, defense game yet. Like, I haven't been super impressed with his defense, but he, you can still, he has an incredible recovery and uh, obviously athletic and large enough to match up with anybody. So I, I, w- I really want to see more from his defense. But, yeah, he's been just, um, I've seen some crazy stats pop up, like 80% of his shots are either makes or misses that he rebounds and then makes like <laughs> puts back. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, been catching lobs from like Lonzo ball at like half court. Um, he's always finding ways to uh, affect the game on the offensive rebound end. Um, and he's just incredibly quick on the low block. So he's been fun to watch and he took the first matchup against John Morant which is pretty interesting. So, Yeah, it's kind of cool watching that Pelicans team work because when they go like small ball, it's just like it's so much fun to watch um, where he's playing essentially the five and just getting either ISOs or he's just getting alley-oops from like like, like last game, uh, uh, Lonzo Ball throwing it from half court and <laughs> him getting the alley-oop, which is really fun and all over Twitter. Um, it's just he's – obviously becoming everybody's favorite it's just kind of like weird that he's in new orleans because if you look at the stadium not a lot of people are in there but they should be uh, i think that's gonna i mean to bandwagon that team is the perfect time because i don't think their fan base is very big they the the pelicans are essentially the the chargers of the of the nba they just don't have a very big fan base and no one gives cares about them very much so I think that, that that'll be a really fun team to watch going forward. Yeah. Have you watched how Zion walks? He has the strangest yeah. gait. He looks like he's limping around. Yeah. He looks like he's waddling. Yeah, he's just waddling <laughs> He has around. such a huge fucking sway back and forth. I understand like those, those reports where he's like, they're training him to walk more smoothly. So like, because he like literally stomps around like he's a like a troll or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't have too many other takes. So you got anything else you want to talk about? No, I think I'm good, dude. All right. Thanks for tuning into the show. I got a mic this week. We're trying to upgrade the audio. We'll see if this actually improves anything. But uh, yep. More cool stuff week. coming. More cool stuff to coming. Yeah, it's no more football to talk about, so we really got to up our game. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to talk about NBA. I'm excited to watch more NBA games, I'll be totally honest with you. Yeah, it should be interesting, so. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. Lakers do not have any timeouts. The Heat in the penalty, so they can't foul. Wade is guarding Bryant. Artest looking, gets it to Bryant. Brian dribbling, has to put it up in the buzzer, banks it in, he banks in the three, and the Lakers win the game!